You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good Monday morning. Uh, this is the Surveyor's Hour on America's Web Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Lucas. I'm a land surveyor and attorney at law. Uh, we'll spend the next hour talking about land surveying and land surveyors. As always, your questions and comments are welcomed. And um, you can send them to me at jeff at americaswebradio.com. Uh, you can find out more about me uh, by visiting my website at www.lucasandcompany.com. Uh, we have some resources on there that you might want to check out. Okay. Um, this morning I have a, uh, a guest, a friend of mine. We don't get to see each other uh, as often as I would like. Um, this uh, gentleman is a an attorney. He's uh, licensed in Colorado and Idaho. He's Pro Hoc VC in Arizona and Montana. He's got 47 years of civil and criminal litigation experience, estate planning and administration, uh, and real estate. And um, he lives in Denver. Colorado, and uh, I would like uh, us all to welcome to the show uh, Wesley Hoyt, or Wes Hoyt. Wes, how are you doing this morning? Very good, Jeff. It's great to be with you. Right. Uh, I told you, uh, and it's good to be with you too, Wes. It's been it's been a while uh, since we've uh, gotten together, but uh, and I told you a little bit about this program, and you were so. Uh, uh, yeah, no. So uh, uh, nice to come on uh, this morning. I appreciate that. Uh, what we do on this program is um, we talk about uh, we talk about land surveying and land surveyors, uh, boundary disputes, uh, which you are familiar with, and we talk about just certain general surveying issues. And um, so um, I-, I wanted to get your take on some of that. Um, can you tell us, uh, our audience, just a little bit about your experience as, a, as an attorney? You bet. Um, <clears throat> so uh, almost 50 years of, of practice, and the interesting tie for me to surveying is that it comes almost instinctively or it's kind of inherent. Um, my grandfather was a real estate developer after WW2, in um, the mountains of Colorado and, and helped get um, a couple of resort communities up and running and, and hired surveyors, of course, to uh, break down the land. And, and um, so uh, it, it just, it's something that I kind of grew up with, understanding um, land plats and, and the involvement of surveyors. So that was, for me, that was very cool. Um, and then, uh, if you'll forgive me, one quick uh, digression here because I love history. Because you know, surveying's been a part of every civilization since the beginning of time. How do you think the Romans built all their roads and their others? I mean, the the Greeks, the Assyrians, the Jews, uh, the, all these great civilizations that built these fabulous uh, um, cities and and buildings and so on. They had to have engineers and surveyors working for them and uh, so in honor of that uh, Jeff and I don't mean to take your show away from you but this this is fun I'm on vacation right now with my grandkids and been doing this for 15 years and we built 
sand castles down in Florida. So that's where I'm at right <laughs> okay. now. Yeah, and 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 the the tie is that when we go out to build a sandcastle, I use I use uh, you know a large shovel and do the work by hand. People go by and say, "You got a building permit for that?" Yeah, uh, we build these huge, huge life size castles for the kids, and mm-hmm. uh, but I but I always go out and I lay out the ground, and it's always different because of the way the ocean comes in and and. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm always looking for that that leading edge where you can pick up and 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 bring a depression where the sea comes in so that it'll flow in and fill your moat for you. So uh, you know it's kind of fun to 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 do that from from a more engineering perspective. And and, and castle keeps and all this kind of stuff throughout history. We know that if it wasn't for the surveyors, you know the the, the hordes would have been overrunning. Uh, people, it's a security issue. So there you go. I'm I'm really tied into surveying. Well, you know, <clears throat> we've never actually talked about that, and uh, that's that's interesting. Uh, what you're saying, that's the first time I've heard that. Um, even though we were together and worked on a, a case together for a while, uh, I, I really did not know uh, that that background story. So I'm I'm really glad that you shared that with us. But uh, so you got into the law practice. Uh, what what drew, uh, drew you to the, uh, the practice of the law? Oh, I, I always knew. I, I ran for the state senate in Colorado. I always wanted to be in the law and, and politics. Uh, I was unsuccessful in, in my state senate did, and I'm very glad that I was. Uh, what politics does to a person's family is, is just horrible. So, um, But uh, I, I learned a lot. I lobbied for a number of years, and um, I just... Uh, I, I, so... I just had decided fairly early on while I was in high school that I wanted to get a law degree. And um, and then when I got out, I, I kept bumping into cases that involved, uh, you know, surveying or engineering or other issues that were tangential and and found it fast. And plus, I, I, I was a quick study. I, in other words, I seemed to get it right away. A lot of people can, can't look at a plat and make much sense out of it, and yet that I felt very comfortable there. And and um, and what I what I was really concerned about is how one neighbor might be trying to overrun another neighbor and and overpower them and steal land from them and and I I've seen that happen for the last fifty years it's just and and a lot, the only uh, the safety valve there is the surveyor who can come in and say nope the boundary's here and protect uh, people. You know the the old story about uh, the line that runs, according to one person, down the middle of the driveway, so you can't use your driveway and all that kind of thing is is uh, to me that's pretty scary. You know when you're talking about your home, your personal castle, your security, you you, you need to know that you're secure on the ground. Yeah, <clears throat> that's that's you know something obviously I've I've run into. As well, and and the problem, at least you know, uh, from, from my vantage point, for the landowners uh, involved in boundary dispute cases is, you know, it's not like well, you're, you do personal injury. It's 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 with personal injury cases, there's going to be an insurance company there somewhere along the way is going to foot the bill for the litigation. I mean, there's there's nobody to foot the bill for the litigation in a boundary dispute, is there? Uh, usually not. Um, I, I, we we got one case going right now. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, you're gonna you're gonna love this, Jeff. As an attorney, you're just gonna really appreciate this. We're having a boundary dispute up in uh, Idaho, North Idaho, up in uh, um, near Orofino, which is a beautiful mountainous area. And everybody knows it was tough for those uh, GLO surveyors coming in in the late 1800s to lay out, you know, with, with hip chains and compasses and. And they were using sun transits and, you know, I mean, they were doing the best they could. But a lot of times um, now with GPS, <clears throat> we can come in and, and lay a line down that's, that's uh, very precise. So, um, but the old boundaries and the fences that were built, and so you know, it, it never fails. There's, there's always somebody that's going to try to encroach and they're either going to claim the new line based on the GPS or they're going to claim the old, whatever is more advantageous to them and then they get bullying tactics and all these kind of things and what what i like um is in this recent case is i was able to deliver back to this neighbor who was bullying here's a guy that was the former sheriff of a county down in uh, uh nevada and he and his wife moved uh-huh. to idaho just to live a peaceful life and here comes the neighbor you know raising cane with him and um, anyway, bottom line is we went back, and he pulled enough nonsense on him that I filed a civil racketeering lawsuit as a counterclaim against him. And as, as we got here to Florida, Jeff, the client called me and said, this guy was so upset about the lawsuit that was filed, a countersuit against him, that he came to the front door. He was crying. He said, I want to drop this lawsuit right now. Please drop it. It, it was amazing. So the bully got his. You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't happen all the time, as you, as you well know. Um, yeah. A lot of times these, these people, uh, at least it's been my experience, and I'm not a litigator like you, though, Wes, it's, but it's been my experience um, getting involved in litigation boundary disputes that a lot of times it's the bully who gets the upper hand and the bully who ends up uh, winning the uh, you know winning the fight. Yes, and that's because uh, the the uh, for instance the case we worked on together and I would appreciate it if we not mention any names. Um, she right. the client's actually gone public with with her story and I think that's her business. But as right. her attorney, I I do not want to be the one to mention any personal information, but it was interesting. It started with a bully. And um, uh, here's here's a, a family. They're just trying to get along, you know, and they, they have some property, and they graze cattle on it. And and in the spring, when the, when the cattle trucks come in to drop the cattle off into the grazing land, and they're going through a back, on a back road, through a back gate, all of a sudden, the bully, the neighbor, puts his uh, tractor, uh, crawler tractor, in the road, and and it's steep enough that you can't go around. You can't take a semi full of. And then the 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 bad guy left him standing there for two hours, which is very very disruptive to cattle. You know, if, you, if the truck's moving or whatever, they can handle it. But just to stand, it was, you know, um, it, he was just deliberately being mean and cruel, and he he was trying to take the land on which the road sat. And, and claim it as his own, even though the survey went back to 18, whatever it was, 1869, and um, the GLO had done a great job, uh, but somebody had come along and moved some of those original stones. And, and, uh, 
and and some of those original stones were found in the in a particular surveyor's office. Like really, I, yeah. I mean, I, I was this this case had some amazing legs to it that you know most of your listeners would not ever get involved. If you got an original stone, you're going to leave it in place because it's a precious thing, you know. And um, so. I'm. I'm just saying we we had quite a tussle in that in that lawsuit. Oh, oh yeah. We uh, uh, hopefully we can talk about that uh, that case in particular uh, a little bit more. Wes, we're coming up on a break here in about ten seconds or so. Um, so I I'd like to uh, without mentioning any names uh, because that was such an interesting case. I'd like to discuss some of the details of that when we come back from the break. Uh, thank you, Wes. We'll be back uh, after this uh, after this break. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number. 800-438-0387 or go to quickstake.com that's q-u-i-k-s-t-a-k-e dot com and order your samples ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today my name is Kyle Hayes a motorsports student at Alfred State College every year Alfred State students compete in the great race which is a cross country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles as you can imagine it's pretty costly I'm asking for your help your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. Quick Stakes. Does your survey supply dealer have Quick Stakes? If not, demand that they start carrying Quick Stakes. Did you know that Quick Stakes are better for your back than your local chiropractor? Lightweight and easier to use than the old heavy wooden stake. Order a sample today and prove it to yourself. Quick Stakes, your back-friendly stake. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Uh, I'm your host, Jeff Lucas, and with me today uh, is my good friend, Wes Hoyt. He's an attorney and um, lives in Colorado, practices in Colorado and Idaho, Um and we're talking about boundary disputes. Wes, let me just back up uh, a little bit here. So uh, from what I understand, from what you're saying, I mean, you, you well, number one, you, you knew you, you knew a lot about surveying before you even became an attorney uh, because your grandfather was a developer, land developer. But um, And you also mentioned something. You, you said uh, kind of in passing that uh, you've, you've almost been involved with boundary disputes, like from the beginning of your practice. How, how many boundary disputes, do you, I mean, roughly, I'm, I'm not asking for a specific number, but uh, how many boundary disputes have you been involved with? Well, <clears throat> that, it, that really involved litigation, probably about a dozen, uh, although um, I, get, I get calls regularly from people who uh, know that I'm, I'm working in that field, and, and they ask questions. And a lot of times uh, with, a, with a letter or... Um, you know, some other 
uh, technique, we can avoid litigation. And, th- and that's my goal. I mean, you know, I just hate litigation. I mean, that's what I do. That's bread and butter. But I don't need it, you know. And, and what happens to neighbors, Jeff, you know this, is uh, when they get into litigation, there's this hatred. I mean, what could be more disturbing to a person than questioning their boundaries. I'm, that's ownership. Um, you, you know, it's it's central to kind of human existence, being able to control your your boundaries and so on. And if you don't have that kind of control, um, I, I think it's very destabilizing psychologically for people. Well, yeah, it, it is. I mean, that's that's been my experience as well. I mean, I've been involved in. Uh, not not litigating, but I've been involved as an expert um, in in these cases, and you know I, I've made the same observation you have. I mean, the the uh, principles run very very high um, when when the, somebody comes along and uh, says you know the boundary line isn't where everybody thought it was. You know they upset the status quo. Um, Maybe it's a fence line that's been out there for a hundred years, and uh, a new surveyor comes along and says, "No, the fence isn't any good," and uh, you know it's <clears throat> it's fifty feet off or whatever. Um, the principles run very, very high. They uh, one one side thinks that um, that they're losing, uh, you know, losing something uh, that they that they previously owned, and the other side thinks that they've been cheated because. Uh, that fence is in the wrong place, and they actually own on the other side of that fence. And so the, the the principles run very, very high. But and that's what we touched on a little bit earlier. In the uh, uh, I was touching on is, but there's no there's no money in the war chest uh, to uh, to defend the castle, so to speak, unless you're footing the bill yourself. Oh yeah, and that and who can? I mean, we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars to. To, from legal fees and, and surveyor fees, I know this one particular client. I, I, I'm aware that she shelled out well over sixty grand on surveyors. And let me let me just give you one little vignette from this case that really made. I was so offended by this. Um, Is this the case that you and I that, that I worked on with yes. you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yes. All right. So here, here's the situation, and this is this is I love surveyors. I think they're wonderful. I rely on them all the time. But this is a dirty dog deal, and I'm mad at this surveyor. Um, and here's what happened: we're in the middle of the litigation on the south line of Section 24, and the people that own Section 25 are trying to encroach and move the line north 100 feet or something and make it would make a very substantial difference and take a road away from uh, my client who's the owner and so we're we're battling it out over the south line and this surveyor and it's all i can do to not use really profound language here you know but this guy goes up he goes up to the northwest corner not anything to do with the litigation and he's he's out trolling for business, and he'd been doing it since 2008, when when the economy went to, to heck, and uh, you know uh, there was lots of surveying business because there was lots of developments and so on, and all of a sudden everything dried up. Well, this guy went around and he started just just moving points without being asked, and then he'd go to the 
to the landowner uh, who would be gaining from that move, and uh, he'd say, hey, I can get you an extra five acres here or whatever. And, well, he, he right in the middle of the litigation, this guy is the expert witness for, for the landowner down in Section 25. And, and he goes to the northwest corner, which is completely away from, uh, and, and, and he moves that northwest corner 100, what was it, 114 feet to the east. Uh, yeah, to the east. And it made a difference uh, of about eight acres worth of ground to my client because she also owned the section above. Um, so she, it just bowed in that line, that uh, west line of the, of the sec, of both sections. And then w- did it, went to the owners of the land that would gain, and in that case it would make about an eight-acre difference, and went to the owners and said, hey, you know, I can get you an extra... You know, amount of acreage here, four for you and four for the other. And of course, those landowners said, "We're happy with the boundaries the way they are. We don't want to be in litigation. Thank you very much. Drop dead." Fortunately, they were honorable people, but not so much with with everybody. And I, I, I that, that's a guy that really needs. He he never paid any dues for doing that. And uh, um, and and. It, it, Technically, what he did was he, he put in what he called a temporary monument, and when we called him on it, he, he said, well, I was just, you know, um, testing the water or whatever he was doing. I don't know what he was doing. But anyway, the, the northwest corner stayed where it was supposed to be, but the, the point is, is, you know, you just don't do that. I mean, that so dis- would have destabilized the neighborhood if... <clears throat> Some of the other neighbors would have said, "Hey, you know, we we want more land here." You know what I mean? Oh, oh I, I know exactly what you mean. It was uh, we have a term for that in the surveying profession. It's called arbitrary rules of surveying. Uh, I, that was the most bizarre thing I think I'd ever seen in my life. Um, and, and for the audience' sake, I was listening to you very carefully, Wes. Um, I, uh, and I knew what you were talking about, but for the audience's sake, the, the client owned almost an entire section of land. Uh, it was a, the section was a little short, so it wasn't a complete 640 acres. So we're talking about a lot of land here, folks. And uh, this surveyor that Wes was referring to, uh, who had been working on the south boundary of this section, which would have been the same as the north boundary of section 25 which is immediately to the south of section 24 uh, what Wes is saying is this guy went all the way up to the northwest corner of section 24 for some unknown reason um, it, a, a line that had been it had a fence on it and it had a it had a, a monument that had been in place at that northwest corner for uh, about a hundred years a uh, uh, Maybe not a hundred years, but anyway, uh, it was called the the. Uh, it was named after the uh, county surveyor who set the stone uh, decades, decades prior. And this this surveyor Wes was talking about just came out there with some sort of um, uh, random uh, methodology. And and for surveyors out there, they might be thinking, well, he put it back in by double proportionate measurement. No, it wasn't even that. Uh, it was some. Um, methodology that he's basically made up and, and ended up moving uh, moving the existing corner or, or 
attempting to move the existing corner over 100 feet to the east. And it was just the most bizarre thing I'd ever seen in my life. But then he, he to, to prove that he was doing it for economic gain, he actually went to, we got a report from the neighbors that he approached them and said, hey, I can get you some more land here and so on. And that was, that shows his motivation. And, and uh, yeah. anyway, so I, I'm just saying bad stuff can happen and surveyors have a lot of power. And um, my experience with surveyors is all good. The people that I've dealt with over the years are guys that are honorable and they want to help you get to the right solution. And a lot of times there's confusion Original stones have been picked up and moved, not by them. In the Indian, there's an Indian tribe up there, the Nez Perce tribe. There's, there's a history of those, um, the members of the Indian tribe, they would come in behind uh, the original surveyors and deliberately pick up uh, the stones that they, that they said. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I'm just saying stuff happens out there, or they get knocked over, or they get, you know, somebody's farming the field or uh, stuff happens, and and for the most part, I'm seeing surveyors just trying to help resolve the issue. Uh, but this was not that. This this was a bad boy, a very yeah. Bad boy. That, this was a real. That was a real bizarre um, bizarre case, in in, in many respects, uh, I remember I did a drawing for you. Um, we had uh, something to the, in the neighborhood of six different surveys of the south line of section 24 and i did a i I remember doing a drawing for you wes and uh i called it surveyor confusion we had we had six survey uh, five or six surveyors surveying that south line of section 24 or the north line of section 25 and we had uh, literally six different results (laughs) and and, well they're still there those corner those, those corners the pipes in the ground are still there, all six of them. Yeah, and we're talking about the the map I did for you. It was a swath like 300 feet north to south, and the entire width of the section, you know, nearly a mile, uh, nearly a mile long. Six different locations uh, of that south boundary. Um, total total chaos out there in that instance. It uh, it is that. Is that one of the most bizarre cases you, uh, boundary dispute cases you've ever worked on, or, or are they typically like that for you? No, no, that that was the most bizarre case, and it was it was very it was very difficult to get your arms around it and understand it at, at from the get go because there was, as you say, surveyor confusion. Um, even the surveyors didn't didn't actually exude confidence in what they were doing or overconfidence. We had one, the first surveyor that came in there. So there was another attorney on this case, and, and the first surveyor in was just trying to be creative and, and trying to find the southwest corner and mm-hmm. couldn't find it, and, and so he double-proportioned it in uh, what he thought was right, and it's one of those six um, markers that's in the ground today. Well, you know... Um, and it, he was just over, way overconfident about what he didn't know. And then, then in, to make matters worse, is we had a client that um, had studied surveying, and she thought she knew more than all of the surveyors, the GLO, the uh, you know the Bureau of Land Management, because her, her land touched on the east uh, of, of the BLM land. I mean, uh, it, 
so the the level of complexity was so high is like what are we really trying to accomplish here i mean it literally it took months this first attorney just really messed it up and by the time i got into the case um uh, you know there there was there was a learning curve that was very steep and um and the client did not get a good outcome um it was um we tried to well i don't want to interrupt disrupt what you're talking about but it was not a good outcome for her but the mm -hmm. the, the the stage had been set um for that poor outcome by the way the case was managed early on so yeah, I, 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 you said something that I, I have heard uh, so many times. You know, uh, people somehow find me uh, landowners. Uh, they get involved in uh, some sort of boundary dispute. They can't. They don't have any money. They can't. Um, they can't litigate. So they uh, they go to the internet and they start searching. And uh, a lot of times they find me and they'll send me an email or they contact me by phone. And uh, how many times I have heard that that um, they've they've they feel that they've been wronged by the surveyor, and they they can't afford litigation. So what do they do? They go uh, start doing their own research on surveying and what surveyors are supposed to be doing, and how boundaries uh, are supposed to be determined on the ground. And uh, um, that's that's exactly what happened uh, to your client in. Uh, uh, in that situation, she she uh, turned to the internet, started doing her own research to figure out what the surveyors were all up to. Well, and, and she was just doing the best job she could. You know, she she was just trying to protect boundaries, and she had a good faith basis for. Um, you know, there were some actually a uh, couple original stones were still in place from the 18, mm -hmm. late eighteen hundreds, and you know, by building on those and and. Um, a person could reestablish what the boundary lines really should have looked like, mm -hmm. and uh, and then you have these neighbors who are bullies that just really were pushing the envelope, and it, it was yeah. If you could have all these negative things in one case, we did. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, uh, it was um. Uh, that, that's that's one of the things that was disturbing about that case is just uh, how how many. Uh, if, <clears throat> I'm not sure I could come up with a scenario where more things could have you know could have gone wrong for uh, the client uh, in that in in that case. Um, I, I know we're supposed to be coming up on a break here pretty soon. Um, uh, I, I believe it's pr probably time uh, for a break. Is that right, Brett? Would that be correct? That's all offline for some reason. Uh, it, it's, uh, so we can just keep talking until they tell us it's okay. break time. So, okay. Well, I, I, wanted to, uh, I wanted to ask you a, 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 another open-ended question here, but I didn't want to do it right, for, you know, right before the break. Um, but uh, let me let – me, well, I interrupted you. Did you have something you were going to say, Wes? No, no. I, I, I just have some things about some ancient surveying stuff that I that I just love so much that you know that you know that town or city of Rotenburg, Germany, uh, that was built on the side of a cliff, and how the they were able to keep uh, General Tully's army during the Thirty Years' War out because of the 
good job of the engineers and the surveyors. Uh, fascinating, fascinating case there. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm just saying, I, I, this stuff, you start looking in history at, at, at where we're at in terms of, um, mm-hmm. in America, you know, the, uh, the Lewis and Clark getting out there and, and kind of laying out the grid for uh, the, the initial the initial go-through. Um, mm-hmm. it, yeah. it really, a, a lot of our society, a lot of our culture and everything today is is booked to and dependent on, uh, on the work done by surveyors. Yeah, okay, uh, we're coming up on a break here, Wes. We're going to uh, we'll come back uh, in a, after these uh, the commercial um, um, break. See, uh, talk to you in a couple minutes. Okay. Quick stakes. That's Q U I K stakes are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of quick stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's quick stakes, Q-U-I-K stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around town movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, around town movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's around town movers. Call them. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. All right, folks, welcome back to the Surveyor's Hour. I'm your host, Jeff Lucas, and with me today is uh, Wes Hoyt, uh, attorney at law, uh, lives in Calif- uh, lives in Colorado, and uh, we were talking about a case that uh, we um, I was fortunate enough to uh, work uh, with Wes on this case, very interesting case. You know, one of the things... Um, I'm always interested in about these boundary dispute cases, Wes, and I, I want to, and you know the answer to this, and I actually don't. Um, how? <clears throat> so this this was a lot of land. We're talking about basically a section of land, and we're talking about uh, original corners, stones, and all of this stuff. But how did this case? Uh, what precipitated this this case? This boundary dispute case that we worked on. What was the what was the what was the what was the thing that made it happen? This is the bully, the the, the guy in section twenty five, who put his uh, crawler tractor in the road, blocking uh, the client's access to the it was the lower end of her property. Um, they bring in uh, semi trailers full of uh, cattle to get out and graze that six hundred forty acre tract, and um, <clears throat> so he parked his crawler tractor there and there was no way to get around it and and he suddenly out of the midst of nowhere just said hey this this is my land and you cannot cross and there was a fence uh 
was there was there some kind of was there some kind of animosity between uh, your client and these these people, or did, did just one day he decided this is my road and I'm gonna I'm gonna take it from you? Is that well? There, there was there was no, to my knowledge, they there was no um, uh, defined animosity. There was just kind of the people that lived down there uh, in Section 25 were trailer trash. And their uh, son uh, was just an obnoxious brat, really obnoxious. And he's the one that decided they were going to take over this road. And, and I mean, it was just uh, you know, pride and and uh, you know, just real egotism. And um, it, it, he had no good faith basis on which to claim that road. Um, and so it was just. You know, and then what happened was, is <clears throat> uh, the judge uh, forced my client into suing all of the landowners around the property, rather than just this one guy. And and one of that one of the landowners did bring in a um, uh, title insurance company to pay their legal fees, and so you, now you have some insurance money paying, and it was. Um, so the battle was on, and uh, what they did was they turned it into an adverse possession case, um, and which we I tried to warn the client about. I had co-counsel, and he tried to warn the client about, and said we needed to do something more to be definitive and protect on that issue. And, and she wasn't interested. She she didn't. She thought everything should be decided based on the original corners set by the GLO, and that uh, she had, and she had adequate surveying knowledge. And, and what she was saying was true, but you, it, it was relying on a premise. And the, the, the original, the, the question was whether or not the stone being uh, used to identify the south um, west corner of this particular section was the authentic stone or not because it had weathered so much that the uh, it didn't have any original marks on it and uh, um, it was in the most probable location it fit all of the uh, surveying uh, information that uh, had been developed anciently but um, you know the other side took advantage of I, I mean it was it, it was it was your worst nightmare Jeff it was <laughs> Uh, just a, a very difficult case, and then and then all of a sudden a stone materialized at at uh, the new southwest corner, and it supposedly was the authentic stone. And then the day you and I went out there, somebody had put in some recent chisel marks into that stone, yeah. which uh, which it just blew. I mean, my mind. It's like, how can you do this? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, you, you said something interesting. I want to back up just a little bit. You said something interesting. Uh, the judge made you uh, join uh, or made your client uh, sue all of these other neighbors around her property. What what was that all about? So the judge decided in his imminent wisdom that if he was going to enter an order on the location of the south line, that it might impact... Uh, people around the property, and mm -hmm. even even though the, that same judge had 
handled a similar case um, along the West Line a, a few years earlier and hadn't made a, a similar demand. He, he was just bowing to the political pressure of the neighbors decided to get together and gang up on this lady, and they decided yeah. they could steal, and they did. They stole, um, they successfully stole about 100 acres of, of her of her ground by by ganging up on her they had you know we were six we were dealing with six different neighbors four different law firms um and and it was it was a flipping nightmare it was and and it was all about spite and you know everything that i mean people value their land so much that when it gets challenged they become very defensive and then mm-hmm. out of that defensiveness comes uh, high emotions. I think you addressed that earlier. And then because of those high emotions, there's oftentimes quite a bit of animosity. And, and I, it just goes it's, goes so rogue from that point on. Yeah, you mentioned that, that stone that we went out there and looked at, and that was uh, one of the most bizarre things uh, I think I've ever seen happen. And it was just, I mean, it was right there in, in front of the judge, and it just was totally so shocking. I mean, I I didn't even know what to say at the time, but, you know, this stone that uh, had appeared in a different location, uh, one further to the north, which gave the people in Section 25 uh, considerably more, um, uh, more land, uh, as, as I recall, it had... Two supposed uh, notches on the south side of the stone, which would indicate that it's a corner two miles north of the township line. And there was no, there, there was, one of the biggest issues about that stone was there was no notch on the east side, which would have indicated one mile west of the range line. But the day we went out there, and you know, you know this, you recall this, the day we went out there to look at that stone with the judge, I mean, the other side was gleeful. They they did they couldn't get us to that stone quick enough, and uh, they turned it over, and all of a sudden there's this freshly minted notch. Doesn't even look doesn't even look like the other two notches. This freshly minted notch. I mean, you could tell there's no patina on there was no patina on that uh, on that notch. And but besides that, it wasn't even on the east side of the rock. It was on the north side of the rock. I don't know if you were, do you recall that, Wes. Yeah, I mean that was I the do. most fraudulent thing I think I've ever seen. <clears throat> and the judge just yeah, and the judge just went for it. The judge just absolutely went because the other attorneys all got together and said, "This is the way uh, it is. This is the way we see it." And the judge, just like a puppet on the end of a string, just accepted that. And it was so bogus. It was uh, you know nobody in their right mind would have accepted it. But he. He, all he wanted to do was give these other attorneys who were his buddies, you know, the, the, he wanted yeah. to make sure that they and their clients won. And and uh, it's called a crony system, and they were all a bunch of cronies, right. and they had pulled it together, and they were going to show this lady. I'll tell you something. I mean, yeah. uh, it, it, well, I've run, it, I've run into, I'll, I've run into that a lot, too. I get these calls from people, and... Uh, you know, because I'm an attorney, they think, okay, we got about a minute here. Um, because uh, I'm an attorney, they th- they think that, you know, maybe I can help them out with the litigation, which I'm, again, uh, I'm not a litigator. But one of the things I hear constantly from people uh, who contact me about boundary disputes is, 
um, you know, everybody's in, uh, the judge and the attorneys are all in bed with each other, you know, and this other guy, the, the other neighbor is more politically connected and they don't have a chance, you know, they, they, they feel like they don't have a chance at all, even if they have the money to go to court. And so, uh, you know, they're, they're looking for somebody to come in from, you know, from the outside who's not part of the crony system. Well, I got to tell your audience what they did to you with that law. They tried to pass a law to outlaw you from coming into Idaho to testify as an expert witness, and I, we'll do yeah. that in the next chapter. Yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, we've got to take a break now, folks. We'll be back. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Quick Stakes, that's Q-U-I-K Stakes, are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of Quick Stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's Quick Stakes, Q-U-I-K Stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, we're back, folks. Uh, this is the Surveyor's Hour. I'm Jeff Lucas, the host of the Surveyor's Hour, and I have with me today uh, Wes Hoyt, who is uh, an attorney. And uh, Wes corrected me uh, over the break. He actually lives in Idaho. He has an office in Colorado. I, I thought that uh, he... He did. He used to live in, in Colorado. But anyway, uh, Wes, you, you touched on a, a really kind of a pet peeve of mine. Um, uh, you were talking about um, they were trying to get legislation passed in Idaho that uh, would effectively uh, or make it a crime for me to have testified in that case. Yes, that's right. Well, basically, um, the, it, it was so blatant. Um, first of all, you got to understand that I did have some lobbying experience um, in the early part of my law practice, so I could see exactly what was going on and when it was called to my attention that there was this surveying bill. Um, the, the bill actually said that if anybody uh, comes to Idaho to testify as an expert witness and they are not licensed in Idaho as a surveyor, it is a crime they can go to jail. So, and they did that for you, Jeff. I mean, it was personally an attack on you because we were ramping up for the trial at that point, and we needed you to testify, and this was like January of 2017. And, you know, I went down and uh, personally 
took on uh, this little crony system of people and testified before the committee and just pointed out how ridiculous this was and how, you know, it really was, you know, wouldn't work in the medical field. What if you needed a doctor to come from another state to testify and so on? And, and they got it, and they defeated the bill, but it was just a big waste of time. And it, but it shows you the amount of energy that they had generated on their side to try and defeat this lady and to try and steal her land. And they were successful in doing it. And they, they, in the end, they got it through adverse possession rather than uh, based on survey markers. So I, I'm just saying, you know, th- these things are effective, these... Um, of these groups that get together and and try to screw other people. Yeah, um, yeah, you know that's what I I, I talk a, a lot in uh, when I teach in seminars about uh, the importance of occupation. Basically, what what ended up happening, my best understanding is, she had uh, she had she had basically her property fenced, but she didn't have it fenced to the markers. Is is that correct? Correct. Yeah, and and they end, and she ended up with basically uh, the property line. Uh, the, she got adverse possessed right up to her fences, didn't she? Is that is that what happened? Yes, that that is correct. And it was only because she wanted to give a roadway surface to um, to for neighbors to have access uh, to their property, and they took advantage of that. So it you know she was really badly treated by her neighbors and by the attorneys and and by the surveyors on the other side. She had she had one surveyor who was just a great guy, um, and he, he yeah. nailed it. He nailed it down. Um, uh, but you know, in, in the end, the, the case was not decided based on uh, surveying markers. It was it was decided strictly on quote adverse possession. Their evidence of adverse possession was so weak and nonsensical they didn't possess anything uh, and they just claimed it and the judge just bought into their baloney arguments they just said oh we've always used well you know my client said well no we've always used you know it was he said she said and the judge said well I'm just going to believe the other people because they're a part of my crony system and your client's not you know I mean that's what it boiled down to you know they and and that's that's so aggravating. I, I can't even tell you. In, in your experience with working in um, a boundary uh, with boundary disputes, I know you've maybe done a dozen or so. Uh, is it difficult to get the judge to uh, wrap his or her brain around some of these esoteric survey uh, issues? Uh, is, is oh, that, that's, a, that's a really good question. <clears throat> a lot of times the judge never understands. What happens is he'll just pick a side, and if he's friends with that attorney or, or thinks that client ought to win, he just kind of goes with them, and they never get it. To, we, we, were, we were doing an amazing job of really explaining the dynamics of the engineering and surveying aspects of this case, so that the judge would under I mean our judge was capable of understanding if he applied himself and but uh, he he let it go on the adverse possession um, uh, so uh, there was no need for him to get 
technical about it, and um, if he if he'd really been technical about it, he would have understood. But he he disregard he just he was one line in his opinion. He just said, "I can just disregard all of this technical surveying stuff because we're just going to set up the boundaries based on adverse possession." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. <clears throat> what um, what uh, what kind of advice uh, can you, from your perspective, an attorney? Uh, you've litigated some of these boundary dispute cases. You've seen, uh, in that case, we were involved in. You probably saw everything. You know, you probably saw every situation. Uh, what kind of advice can you give to surveyors who um, uh, maybe to to help avoid um, possible litigation and boundary disputes? Um, well, I, um, you know, I probably have more advice for the homeowners, and that would be to get the surveyor involved early um, mm-hmm. on in the case. Uh, the, I think surveyors have it together, in, in my experience. They know what they're doing, and if you mm-hmm. can just mm-hmm. tell them, you know, um, hey, this has been the fence line for 100 years, and we're this is what we're relying on. A lot of times, fences get down. Uh, they, you know, so you have to go find the old fence line. We had a case where we had to you know, we we actually had to, we, they, the fence post had rotted off. The fence, the the wire was was gone, um, but we actually found um, evidence in the ground where the fence posts had been. And um, and then in Idaho, if you if you uh, graze your cattle or your livestock up to that fence line, and you've done so for. Uh, the predicate number of years, which was used to be five years up until 2006, and now it's a 20-year uh, run. Um, but anyway, if you can establish that you've been using your land up to that line, which we did in another case, and um, then that's determinative. That that becomes the line. Doesn't matter where the GPS said it should be or or where the stones are if, if you have a fence line that's been there for more than 20 years that people have respected. But then again, that's adverse possession or boundary by acquiescence. And, and, and the thing is, I guess from a homeowner standpoint, I would attach myself to an attorney that understands all these legal doctrines and how they interrelate to one another. Because if you just pound on one theory, somebody's going to come in and, and nail you from the other side. You've got to understand all the different directions that you, your client can be attacked and and be able to um, deal with and address those problems. So, uh, I, I but I think surveyors, for the most part, I think they're doing a great job. Do you? Okay. Good. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, I I think most most land, you know, at least from my perspective, most I I generally find that most landowners are honest. People, they only want what's theirs, and um, and and then that's what's so disturbing about uh, when a surveyor comes along, and you know now now we need to upset the apple cart, or we need uh, you know we need to upset the status quo. And most surveyors, I, I believe, are honest. I guess we just in in this particular case, we just ran into some ran into an un- unusual situation in that the the landowner, the the adjoiners were were hostile and. Uh, we had some surveyors who were just uh, totally out of whack. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't, wasn't that basically the case? 
Yeah, I'd call it a perfect storm. Um, what, what was ironic is the landowners up to the north and west who could have made claims when that uh, pin was moved 114 feet um, it said, no, we're happy. we're happy with our neighbor, we're happy with the location of the boundary, and we're not... You know, I, I'm just saying, like most landowners are honorable, and and the, the problem was is she ended up with six other landowners around the perimeter of her section who uh, wanted to take advantage of the situation and increase their land holdings, so that they they were able to get away with it. Um, how long did that case? Last, uh, that's another thing I talk about with with, with surveyors and uh, seminars. These cases can last a long time. How long did that case last, Wes? Before it was started in two started in two thousand and nine and finished in two thousand and nineteen. So ten years. <laughs> that's without an appeal. That was just ten years of litigation. Yes, and I think the client made the wise decision not to appeal the case because it would have just increased her financial burden incredibly. Uh, so I think she did the right thing to just walk away from it. And fortunately for her, they were running a business on their own land, and, and they didn't absolutely didn't need the, this, uh, the, the, the land that she ended up losing. That one, some of it was under, two, two strips of it were under roads. So... Um, <clears throat> Anyway, it, it, I, I think that what's most important there is she and her family are at peace and able to move on with their lives after 10 years of disruption, after the bully park has uh, right. tractor and blocked the road. I mean, you know. Well, well said. Uh, Wes, we gotta we got to wrap it up, and I, I can't thank you enough, uh, uh, Wes Hoyt, for coming on the show today and giving us your perspective as an attorney on... Uh, on these issues, and Wes, why don't you go uh, build some sandcastles with those grandchildren? Yes, we're looking forward to it. Good designs this year. Okay, great. Uh, Wes, thanks a lot, and be uh, be good, and uh, can't wait to see you uh, some other time. Take care, Jeff. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.